Hey, Katie. Yeah? Do you want a scrub? I don't want no scrub. A scrub is a guy who ain't getting no love from me. <laughs> you don't even know the lyrics. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you got I graduated with an engineering degree. I fooled them all. <laughs> because she's a real phony. Because she honestly believes all this phony junk that she believes. I mean it. Yeah, no, we're like friends, I guess. I don't know. Friends? I guess we're collaborators. To you. <laughs> it's to you. To you. <laughs> Why did you say something when I pitched the idea? I didn't want to. I was going to be authentic about it. <laughs> well, you definitely were. Hell yeah, I was. I'm all about being authentic to myself. Now mm -hmm. that I know who I am, I guess it kind of helps, right? <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Knowing yourself does help interacting with others. Yes. Yeah. But and who wants a scrub right now? Am I right? Nobody. Right? Do, In the middle of the pandemic. In this economy? In this economy, no one. In this political no climate? In any economy. You don't deserve a scrub. No scrub is allowed. Unless you're unless you're a doctor and you're wearing yes, your that's scrubs. Yes. That's different. Yes, absolutely. I don't I, I really think we should in society use the term scrub more more often than <laughs> I, I'm assuming that we used to use it more maybe. And that's why there was a song written all about it. I but like, pff, you scrub. Like, you know, like that should be used more often as an insult. It does sound quite demeaning, doesn't it? Like with no, with no, with no seeming intention to sound demeaning. I feel like if we went around calling people scrub, you scrub. It'd be very remotely violent. I feel like you're saying it way too negative. Scrub. Like, pff, you're such a scrub. Like, that's what you should, like... I don't know. When, the way you said it, it just it just felt different, you know? You absolute scrub. Yeah, that's that's better. That's right. <laughs> that's that the attitude good. you want. That felt really good. Did yeah. you did you feel how good that felt? I felt empowered, I'll say. All right. You know what else Anyways, makes me feel empowered? Welcome to female empowerment one oh one class. Woo! <laughs> Woo! No. I've been watching Citizen Queen way too much. That's where that's <laughs> really coming from the core but this isn't that just yet although there is a lot of female empowerment mixed in this this podcast Ooh. which is ap film taught by film school professionals i am katie Kometz. i'm a writer i'm a director filmmaker etc etc oh um, so many a, things a acapella enthusiast music <laughs> enthusiast citizen queen enthusiast i'm obsessed right now i can't stop i'm sorry go ahead malu <laughs> For those of you wondering, this is not a paid sponsor. And for those of you further wondering, <laughs> I'm Malu Mirones. I'm your other professor, yeah. film enthusiast. I also like acapella well enough. I've seen Pitch Perfect many a times. Me too. <laughs> which, which one is your favorite? The first one, of course. Okay, I'm good. not stupid. I, I, no offense yeah, to no, fans of the second or third. <laughs> yeah, the others were pretty disappointing. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, come on, guys. Get your shit together. Yeah, yeah, get your shit together. The shit. first one, though, tip-top content. But that's not the movie we're talking about today. But wait, you know what What you know what you else is tip-top content, Malo? What else? Oh, my God, that was the perfect transition, and I didn't even see it. What's God, the perfect tip-top content? This is tip-top content right here, AP Film, taught by film school professionals. You should check us out on iTunes and leave us a nice little comment and rating and all of that good stuff Hell that yeah. helps people listen to us mm -hmm. ramble on about 
music and movies, but mostly m- movies and TLC and, and acapella and TLC. Yeah, yeah. Go do that. Leave a. Why am I thinking of like I'm not thinking of the right word for this? <laughs> no, leave a comment. Review. Leave us a review. That's what yeah. that that's the word I'm looking for. Sorry, Yabe. I'm a. That that's, was. That's it. You leave did us it. a review. Tell us if you like us. Tell us if you hate us. Tell us what movies to talk about and watch. We're all we're only fucking kids. We're like twenty two and what are you twenty? Right. I'm twenty. Yeah, like we don't. What do we know? We know nothing. That's the whole point Absolutely of this podcast nothing. is we're trying to learn. So, you know, if you think you know more, which you probably do, <laughs> leave it in the leave it below, bro. Below, like this is a YouTube video, and if you yeah. want further good content where you can actually leave comments below. Go check That's us out on our Instagram you. account at Film School Professionals. Go do it. Go under our post. Say I don't like you. Say you guys have bad takes, or <laughs> or go in there and say I actually kind of like you guys. You're a little bit fun. Be well, like hot take, you guys. Not too bad. <laughs> hot take could have been worse. Yeah. And uh, while you're on our Instagram, check out Malu's awesome art page. Oh, my God. She's fucking talented as hell. Stop it. Check out my short film under my page mm-hmm. at Katie Comets. It's called Same Time Tomorrow. It was fun. I'm trying to release another short film soon. Hell so yeah. if you're interested in what the heck happened in my brain about a year ago, look stay at, tuned. Look at the talented little butterfly that she is. God, no that one... was so nice. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan make me be nice sometimes. Uh, yes. The whole power, the power of Meg Ryan, everybody. And Nora. Yeah. Ephraim, insert clapping Nora. here. Insert clapping in Oz, please, Gabe. And with that, Kate, what are we talking yes. about this week? What is the syllabus that we find ourselves in right now? Because I know that oh. this is your favorite. And what film are we talking about today? Well, Malu, we are still on our Nora Ephron Saves the Rom-Com topic. And today we are talking about You've Got Mail, which is co-written by Nora Ephron and directed by her as well, this wonderful lady. Mm. But before that, and well, actually not before that, technically after that, we're going to talk about that movie. Yeah. And then Malu made a fun little game for me, I've heard. As always. Yep. Yep. So that's how this episode is going to go down. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we get into all of these things, I would like to first apologize oh. to anyone in who listened to this podcast last week hey, and hey, didn't hey. didn't hear us explain who the <laughs> hell Nora Ephron even is. Oh yeah, that I, is important. I realized it the next day, and I'm like, I have screwed up. <laughs> this <laughs> is a shame. Everyone's going to be like, who is that? So, I would like to give you all, um, there's this wonderful film podcast that's Ooh. not ours. It's called The Rewatchables, what? and they have this little segment called Half-Ass Internet Research, and I would love to steal that, but I can't, of course. So, this is my Half-Ass Internet Research, but we need to make a, we need to make a new name. For legal reasons. We need yeah, something that won't get us in trouble, because we don't have any money. But it's word for word, half s internet research. So here's what was on her Wikipedia. Instead of me making up to you who she is and, and rambling on and on about it, I'm just going to read it. Yeah. So, guys, she 
Miss Nora Ephron is an American journalist, writer, and filmmaker. She is best known for her romantic comedy films and was nominated three times for the Academy Award for Best Writing. She was nominated for Silkwood, cool. When Harry Met Sally, and Sleepless in Seattle, Malu Motherfucker. I'm sorry. We all know that the Academy is a biased right, and B, I don't not, hear it. So, not She won a, a BAFTA taste. Award for Best Original Screenplay for When Harry Met Sally. She often co-wrote scripts with her sister Delia Ephron. Mm. Her last film was Julie and Julia in 2009, and her first produced play, uh, which was called Imaginary oh. Friends, which was in 2002, was honored as one of the best, the 10 best plays of the 2002-03 New York theater season. She also co-authored the Drama Desk Award, winning theatrical production of Love, Loss, and What I Wore. In 2013, Ephron received a posthumous Tony Award nomination for the best play for Lucky Guy. I hope I said that word right, which was posthumous. I said that right, correct? Hopefully. I hope so. Shit, Gabe is gonna... Gabe, insert a sound effect if I said it right or wrong. (laughs) I'll be a fool. Um, But unfortunately, y'all, she passed away back in June of 2012. She she had cancer and it was it's very sad and we all lost we all lost a good one. But that is Nora Ephron and she is a hero to us all writers out there who like the rom coms. Which is me. Also, I had no idea that Nora Ephron produced Imaginary Friends. I there's a monologue from that that I love. I used to use for auditions. Really? Can you send it to me? Because I'm trying to trying to work on my uh, acting bone. Oh, hell yeah. It's it's called Lucy's Monologue. It's fucking incredible. Great. Big A plus for me. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. Did you hear me say bone instead of muscle? Yep. Can you believe that I said that? See, I let it go, and now you brought it up, so you brought it on to because yourself. Because I'm really embarrassed and... by it, and honestly, I, I rarely get, like, actually embarrassed by the stupid things that I say, <laughs> but that one actually kind of kind of hurt my ego. Bone? Whew. Bone? But... Detective Diaz, what happens in my, in my, Gabe is going to understand what I'm saying. Detective Diaz, whatever happens in my home is none of your business. Bone? Bone! What happens in my bedroom, detective, is none of your business. Don't ever speak to me like that again. See, see, you don't get it because you don't watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No. On Cool Kid. I could try it again if you really want me to. But back to this. Mallow, I have a question that breaks the ice. Yeah, because it is very cold in here and I do feel a little icy. So, as you all know, for you've got mail. <laughs> no, wait, I'm sorry. It's just I said icy and I... Okay, can I just make a quick no. a quick reference? <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you've seen... Did that seen... come out of my mouth? Yeah. I did not even think... <laughs> you said no. I didn't even think about it. Right, yes, go on. <laughs> okay, so you've seen Harry Potter on the Chamber... And not the Chamber of Secrets. You've seen Harry Potter on the Goblet of Fire, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. Audience, movie number four. Harry with very long hair for some reason. Yeah, ugly. He, ugly. Uh-huh. He wants to invite Cho Chang, a Ravenclaw girl, to the Yule Ball. You know, the ball they have to have. Ooh. And when he's about to ask her, he meet, he accidentally like stumbles upon her at the alder at the Aldery Towel. Or the towel. <laughs> the Allery Tower. I don't know what it's called. Where the owls are. 
And so they bump into each other. He doesn't say anything. And she's about to leave. And the, she just turns around and she goes, Careful, Harry. It's icy at the top. And I've never been able to get that out of my mind. Every time I hear the word icy, I just hear Cho Chang go, It's a bit icy at the top. <laughs> With her little, I think it's Irish accent. And I just, Hold I can't. Hold on a second. That was a really good accent. Because I've heard it so many times, Katie. <laughs> it lives sense. in my mind rent free. Just her turning around and going, it's a bit icy at the top. Wow. And I can't get it out. Thank you. Wow. Well, thank thank you for sharing that story. Of course. That was... Good night. That... Good night, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, You've Got Mail <laughs> is about two people who meet on the internet, and we'll get into the dirty details of that mm. later. But that's going into our breaking of the ice. Yes. A.K.A. our icebreaker. Malu, oh. what current dating app would these characters be using today? <laughs> oh my god. Okay, see, first of all, I really like that we assumed that it would be a dating app and that they wouldn't start somewhere super random. But okay, I'm gonna say a wild card. Can I say something that isn't an app? I can still give you an app, but I, the okay. first thing that came okay. to mind. No, no, I wanna hear your authentic answer. Here we go. Don't laugh at me. But it's, I, I, feel like it, I feel like with the plot of the movie, it would actually work so well to an embarrassing degree. Okay, but I will laugh. Uh, yes. Because I'm funny. Omegle. What the fuck is Omegle, Mallory? Katie Kmet. You never were you never a child going on Omegle to talk to strangers, find <gasps> things you weren't Was supposed that to that see. Thing where you would like it would just put you with a random yeah, a random like person? you would put words. No, Mal, I was an intelligent you, like, child keywords. and I said creepers are on here. Yeah. Yeah, you would see a lot of weird shit in there. Yeah, and I kept myself in a nice little bubble. Well, okay, see, but they also have a chat feature where you can just talk to people. So you don't have to have video or anything. So I think the way I would see it, so you can put in, like, keywords and other people who put those keywords end up in a conversation with you. So the way I see it, they both put, like, above 30 or something along those lines. or like, you know, 30 years old, am I right, as, like, a topic. And then they both ended up talking to each other and really liked it. And then just kept coming back to, like, that thread. Or or from there, they jumped to something like Snapchat, you know? Snapchat? The most informal form of communication. Be, I don't think 30-year-olds will be using Snapchat. Okay, but. so they're 30, so we have to take that into account. Yeah, let, let's remember who mm. these characters are. Okay, well, if there's any dating app, I guess, like, Tinder, because it is the most basic one. No. Oh, my God. It's just what? such a basic one. They wouldn't know no, what you, else to but, do. Like, this is for their characters, Malu. Oh, I think I, they would be using Hinge. I don't know more sure. dating apps. Why Hinge? Explain Hands to me. Hands down Hinge. Because you can put, like, funny little things in it. And you have to, like, like it's not just, like, a swipey swipe thing. Like, you have to start a conversation. And so this is basically, like the chat room that they met on already except okay. with pictures in addition to it so really we are i think your answer with omegle is actually the one that's on the nose because it all has to do with the fact that they yeah. don't know who each other really are yeah in a dating app that would just kill the magic because then they yeah, can see right. each other i didn't even think about that part and Boom. you're just totally right omegle there it is but i'm glad <laughs> we still found an answer for it 
So that was nice, right? What's the, what's the difference between Hinge and Tinder? I don't know dating apps. I've never used a dating app. Oh, uh, we'll go over that later. There's a lot that's different. There's <laughs> after, a lot. After we finish recording, I'll let you know all yeah, about this it. Is a, that's a post-record session. <laughs> Very nice. If you guys would like to see that as a separate episode where Katie explains to the audience and myself <laughs> what is the difference between Hinge and Tinder, please leave some comments on iTunes or you can leave some comments on our Instagram and we'll make it happen. Yeah, use it on our Instagram. We'll go Instagram live and I'll show Malu <laughs> all of the <laughs> all of the apps. She'll pull up her PowerPoint slides and I'll be That's fine. That's right. Ugh, gross. So, Malu, I feel like I've been talking a lot. Would you like to introduce the movie this time since I did it last time? I stole I've been stealing it from you. For oh a my few god, times. you have not been stealing anything. I wanted you to do it last time, but I'll be happy oh. to do it this time because I actually did like this movie. <laughs> okay yeah yeah sure go for it go for it okay well hello class so as katie mentioned before today we're going to be looking at you've got mail which was directed by nora efron and co-written by nora efron and her sister delia wait it's- i really oh. like the fact that you, you said you've got mail in the exact <laughs> voice that it is said and i, didn't I, even I just want to say how happy that made me that's just natural talent baby <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Confidence. So, the film, You've Got Mail, stars Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks, primarily. Honestly, sometimes I forget there's more people in this film. That's all oh. you need to know. Yeah, that's all you need to know. Don't feel like explaining anymore. Do love the rest of the cast, but these are the two main characters. <laughs> also, yes. but side note, Dave Chappelle is in it, which I completely forgot and just yeah. blew me back. I was like, what? Right? What are you I doing know. Here? I also... I also forget until I watch it every time. And I'm like, oh, wait, I forgot you're in this. So it's the only other actor we'll be mentioning. It was released on December 18th, 1998. And the film was inspired by the 1937 Hungarian play. Oh, you just had to put that in the original language, which I can't read. Just don't don't say it. Parfumerie. Parfumerie. That was really nice. By Miklos... Laszlo, which had earlier been adapted into a 90s in 1940 as The Shop Around the Corner, and then in 1949 as In the Good Old Summertime. I am a little offended that you didn't put She Loves she loves Me. That would be because this is half-ass internet research from Wikipedia. Well, She Loves Me <laughs> is also an inspiration that was... it. She Loves Me took inspiration from The Shop Around the Corner and Good Old Summertime, and then served as inspiration for You've Got Mail. I can't tell you the date because I don't know that. Um, is, that is that a definite? Is it? Did this yes. actually find inspiration from I mean, you that, can see parallels. Or did this go directly to what the, She Loves Me is rooted in? I think it's because they all share source material. So it's like they're all inspired on each thinking. other. I think they're not like inspired by She Loves Me, but no. they're inspired by the actual material it's based on. No, but that's the thing. Like, it's one of those situations where, like, the thing I think happened, because there uh, there are many parallels of the story. Like, you know, the the rose in the book thing, like, that happens, and she loves me, right. I believe. I think that happens in the shop around the corner as well. I'm pretty sure that's a whole scene. But that's the thing. Like, I feel like when you're making an adaptation of something that's inspired on something else, you look at all the adaptations. So, like, they, like, she loves me was definitely in that group of things and materials that they have to see before they started doing You've Got Mail. And I'm I, like, I know that I know that You've Got Mail took some inspiration from She Loves Me. Okay. And that's that just, I'm a vote of confidence from me to you. 
yes. into the class. I accept that. Anyhowsers, Meg grossed over $227 million worldwide. And it's the story of two business rivals who despise each other in real life, but unwittingly fall in love over the internet. Oh, gasp, gasp, gasp. And that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I do added wanna, a few here and there. you want to tell Gabe to do something? Oh. Oh. I thought you were going to do it, but okay. Gabe, hit the trailer, my man. I turn on my computer. I go online. Welcome. Welcome. And my breath catches in my chest until I hear three little words. What is going on with you? Is it infidelity if you're involved with someone on email? This woman is the most adorable creature I've ever been in contact with. Have you had sex? Of course not. I don't even know it. Mm, I mean cyber sex. No. Well, no, don't do it. The minute you do, they lose all respect for you. In a city where everyone's looking for someone, Joe and Kathleen have discovered the best way to meet someone. Is to never meet at all. We just email. It's really nothing. I don't know his name or what he does. Look, 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 look. Or where he lives exactly. What? He couldn't possibly be the rooftop killer. What they don't realize. What is that? What are you doing? You're taking all the caviar? That caviar is a garnish. Is they already have. Joe Fox. I'm in the book business. I am in the book business. What should I have said to a man who has made my professional life a misery? Tell me something, really. How do you sleep at night? Fight. Fight to the death. In life, they're at odds. She's beautiful, but she's a pill. Online, they're in love. Do you think we should meet? Meet? Oh, my God. I'm going to say hello, I'm going to have a cup of coffee, and then I'm going to split. That's what I'm going to do. Why am I even doing this? Why am I compelled to even meet her? Relax. Just taking it to the next level. Huh. And I'm not going to stay that long anyway. I already said that, didn't I? Yes, you did. No. He could be the next person to walk into the store. He could be. May I please come up? No, I don't really think that that is a good idea, because I have a terrible cold. I don't know why I called you my man, but I hope you like that it's game. A, no, 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 that was really smooth. I know I wanted to give that to you because isn't the power feel good? I I did miss the power of controlling. Yes. Telling people what the film is about. I I did miss the rush of knowing that I could say something wrong, <laughs> and they would have to believe it because I am the master <laughs> of all things. To quote Jennifer from Jennifer's Body, I am a god. <laughs> okay. Feminine power. <laughs> Malu, let it rise. Woo. <laughs> uh, I like that. Are we, oh, wait, sorry. The I woo. Are we back? Sure. Sure. We, Did we play the trailer? I thought we've been back. Oh, we be fuck. Back. Okay. We've been back. Oh, fuck. All right, everybody. So I have a little note from Nora on writing it. Actually, this isn't technically from her, I don't believe. I think I'm... I have two lines. One from Delia, her mm. sister, Delia Efron, who co-wrote this with Nora. Um, she says, <clears throat> recalling the film's bookstore setting, said, Once we decided that she would be, she meaning Meg Ryan's character, would be 
an independent bookstore owner, the reason we made it a children's bookstore is, I think, we always tried to make the movie as personal as we could, to find the thing in it that was personal. And we grew up loving children's books more than anything. Uh, end quote. I, like I would like that. to say, they basically include this a little bit in um, one of Meg Ryan's monologues. I believe it is... Where is it in the film? I can't think about where it is in the film, but I wrote it down in some personal writing notes of mine. Oh, I feel and... like I know which one you're talking about. The one about, like, you know, what you read as a child is, like, you know, what shapes yes, you into a that's person. The one. Yeah. She says how, uh, Meg says how, um, how she shapes, she being the business owner, you know, of the store and everything, mm-hmm. she shapes everyone's lives, but kids identify, I- but kids' identity for who they'll be is built in a way that by the books they read as a kid. Yeah. So therefore, she's basically shaping their lives by using the books they read as their identity and all that. Uh, that was the worst try to summing sum up of a quote. No, but I I, but I got it. That's it. That 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 they I really like. When I was watching, I'm like, oh shit! I should have paused it and like re- <laughs> rewind it and. Really copied it down word for word. But you guys, if you actually watch the movie, you'll, you'll catch that. It's, you it's, better really have like seen that. the movie. It's a requirement. Yeah. Duh. Nora Ephron uh, similarly remarked in the film's audio commentary, which I was a goof. And I forgot <laughs> to watch all of the commentary that I... Because I have the DVD and I forgot to watch all of all of it. And I'm really You're sad absolute crazy. Myself, but I'll, I'll catch up. Anyway, she says, quote, This was something that was very important to us, that there be first editions of old children's books. It's part of what makes this a serious bookstore. We wanted to sell the idea that this was a place that really cared about the history of children's literature. And I think that's, I think, I don't know, both of the sisters saying how, like, the reason behind it being a, a children's bookstore and then ha- and infusing that into Meg Ryan's character and how she always defends herself and, and her store and why I should stay. And, yeah, it's, it's just so well done. Yeah. They really, they really bring that to life and it makes you really root for her. So I, I would like, Mal, I would like for you to go first with your thoughts on the movie. Because I have questions for you. Oh, I and I don't want to fight with you on this. I really like this is one episode because we both like this movie, so I know yeah. we're not going to fight. But I just have follow up questions because I'm genuinely confused. But I want to hear everything you have to say about this movie first. Okay, I feel like I can already like imagine what some of your follow up questions are because I did think about them. I thought of some things while watching, it and I was like, "Oh my god, Katie's totally going to bring this up." <laughs> so let's right. see if we, you know, if we coincided on those things. But um, yes, on an overall note, I I really like this movie. I forgot that at the beginning they're both in relationships was like always is a turnoff for me. You don't say. <laughs> um, excuse me, I don't like cheating. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie handles it in a way that like I always, like is one of the ways that I said in the last episode that the only proper way of doing relationships that are seeking someone outside of their relationship, the proper way of doing it is. You know, either kill somebody off, have somebody cheat, or have the other person just be undeniably, like, just bad as a match. And this movie does that, so, like, I can I can partake in the romance. Also, just overall, I really like the plot. I feel like it's such an... I know it's been done a, a few times, but I really like the plot, the overall plot of You've Got Mail and the stories that came before it. Of, you know, this romance that happened without them realizing, this romance that happened without them having to know each other. It just kind of developed and just, you know, went away from them. It's like, oh, we're just writing letters to this random person. And then it turned into, like, you know, a big 
actual thing of like real feelings and then the added bonus of him knowing that it's her and the confusion of like oh my god should i tell her should i not tell her like what do i do manipulation throughout the rest of the film see yeah that is uh (laughs) that is like it's it's definitely one of those things where it's like if she hadn't liked him back this would have like it would have been such a creepy movie it's one of those like how i met your mother has the theory it's the um i always forget the name that they give it but essentially the show how i met your mother has a theory that all acts of love and affection are objective to a certain point and depend fully on how the person receives them so you know, an act that by somebody could be received as something very sweet, if another person receives it as something really creepy, it can definitely, like, change the meaning and the portrayal of the act of affection. So in this case, it, like, kind of works out. Like, I still, like, feel weird about Tom Hanks' character every now and then. I'm like, Joe Fox, you manipulative bastard. (laughs) But at the same time, I understand his logic as, like, I need to not be an asshole to this woman. Because he does kind of internalize the fact that he put her out of business. And he just kind of goes, if I really want to meet her properly, if I really want to tell her, like, hey, it's me, and be proper about it, I have to make some damage control about the shit I've done and make sure that I know that she could forgive me and that she would be okay with forgiving me. Although I do think that it's sneaky that he tells her what to do with the guy and the male... And then he's like, oh my god, he said what? Crazy. Never would have seen that coming. I think it's coming. funny, but it's also super manipulative. Yeah, well. like, it's it's in that, it dances that line of funny mm-hmm. manipulative. But at the same time, I always get this weird feeling that Kathleen, Meg's Ryan, Meg Ryan's character, sort of like she knows that it's him. Like, very, very, t- very slightly. This impression yeah, I, that I when, also got that feeling when I watched when, it. When he comes to visit Kathleen when she's sick... And he does that thing with the lips and he's like, I wouldn't want you to say anything that you'll regret and like, you know, just completely torture yourself over for years. He leaves his little clues. Yeah, because yeah. he's quoting the email that she wrote to him. Not email, sorry, like, you know, the message that she writes to him. So it's one of those things where like, I can definitely see the a possibility of her knowing and just kind of playing along. And it even ties well to the ending when she says like, I wanted it to be you, you know? Because there's no yeah. other reason why she would want it to be him unless she had some suspicion that it could totally be him. And I do think she's a smart woman. I do think that it mu- it should have been easy enough to put two and two together. Like, you know, her, him being at the restaurant that night when, you know, she was supposed to meet the guy. Yeah. And, you know, NYC, whatever his fucking number name is. I think it's 125. Him being there when she was sick and quoting the email. Him just being there all the time and always running into her and saying the things that are mentioned in the email him mentioning Pride and Prejudice like the list goes on of just stuff that is like are you yeah leaving leaving a little trail yeah so I definitely agree dances in that line of like manipulative and just like scheming towards a good thing I, I, do, I do like the rivalry. I'm a, I'm a sucker for rivalries and love-hate relationships. <laughs> wow, you don't say, Malu. I love it when people dislike each other at first and have to learn to love each other. Adore oh it. God. Wow, amazing chemistry. When he scoops up the caviar, he's such a dick. He is such a dick. That's yeah. so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> you're attracted to dicks? Is that what you're telling me? Aren't we all? <laughs> well, I, honestly... 
that's the that thing. does seem to be a lot of a lot of flaws in our in, in the female world. <laughs> but that's the thing. I'm either attracted to like you know problematic dude that has like a soft spot for that one girl that he likes, and he's like a better person when you actually <gasps> get to know you're him. So, you're such a stereotype. Such Mallory. a stereotype. Or, God. but here's the thing. Other end of the uh, other end of the story, the softest, sweetest, just super sweet boy. Like that's another like. Like, Gale, Peta in The Hunger Games, Peta every single day of the week. Gale is overconfident, horrible, and fucking nuisance, honestly. I hate the guy. I, this has turned into a... I, I didn't want to turn it into who, a Hunger Games conversation. Wait, who do you hate, Gale, right? Yeah. Okay, hate good. Hate him. Hate Gale. Peta is the one. Peta is my everything. I fucking agree. Say it again. I gotta reread those books. I yeah, for any... I know this is a Youth God Mail episode, but <laughs> we can do the Hunger Games and I'll go into depth as to, like... Yo, Every single reason why the man Literally, me sucks. too. Oh my god, Mallory, we're gonna be on fire. I can't wait. We're doing like, that. But we have to do it together when we can be, like, face-to-face. Oh my god, that'd be so nice. Uh, but yeah, like, those are my two types of, like, fictional men. Or, like, you know, very, like, you know, debonair bad boy, you know, but he has a soft spot. And he's actually very nice when you get to know him. Or, like, just sweet, sensitive guy that's just like, oh my god, you're so... Mr. Darcy or Mr. Bingley. It's either or. Never, you know, never a middle ground. Have you seen Bread and Prejudice? I started it. Oh my god, I, uh, okay, I'm not gonna go into that, because that's a different emotional conversation. I would conversation. rather read the book first, and then see the movie, though. I mean, okay, that's fair. But it's such a good movie. <laughs> okay, Kira Knightley is very nice. In case the crowd hasn't noticed, I love 2005 Pride and Prejudice, but this is going completely off topic. Katie, what do you think about You've Got Mail, now that we've talked about, like, three different things that aren't You've Got Mail? I'm always, well, I love this movie, of course. (laughs) I I feel like I don't need to say that, but I am going to preface that (laughs) with this. Um, I do feel like there are a lot of problems. Oh. In this movie, not I mean, like it's like I'm oh, I'm so torn. I am you willing to split call out the, the issues in this one and not as sleepless in Seattle. I am I am split down the middle. I, no, 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 I told you I told you I layered them in my in the order of of how much I love them. Okay, that's fair. although I think I, honestly though the more I watch both of these movies, I'm kind of leaning more towards sleepless in Seattle just... than this one. But I do love this one. But let me tell you my issues with yeah, this one. Yeah, and they're very conscious. Your the reasons you love this movie. The reasons you absolutely hate it. contradict everything you argued about me with Sleepless in Seattle, and I think it's because they're it's not just like a like a phony baloney. They exist, and that's it. And then it's Meg Ryan stalking Tom Hanks. It's them actually communicating with each other for a while. But one, yeah. They're cheating on their significant others. That the, and it's not even like they're cheating. They're living with these people. So it's relatively serious. Tom Hanks even says, oh, I, lo- I love her, whatever. So, like, I, listen, when I see this, like, this movie, you're automatically in it for Meg Ryan and Tom. So it's not like you're mad about it. You, you immediately want them to be together. <laughs> but, but, going on what you hated about Sleepless in Seattle, I was like, I can't believe Mallory likes this one more when they're blatantly, really, actually cheating on one another. Okay. So, that's my, that's my, okay, but that, hold on, hold on, wait, okay, do you want to, do you want to say something before I move to a different topic? Just very quickly, honestly, one of the main issues for me is the fact that Bill Pullman's character in Sleepless in Seattle is a very likable dude. Meanwhile, you think he's 
You are like the only person who thinks Bill Pullman is a likable character in Sleepless in Seattle. He didn't do anything wrong. He was just a no. Sweet he's just guy. annoying and weird. Okay, but like that's the thing. Like the ones in this movie are like relatively just like bad people. <laughs> like the one yeah, that's, that's the no, girl with right. Tom Hanks is an absolute good. bitch. Yeah. No and hate, he's but... so full of himself, the writer. Oh my god, he I know, is I know. so narcissistic and so like Yep. <laughs> I know, Moving so that's on. what I mean. Like they, they gave us these characters to not like so that you don't feel bad about what Megan Megan Tom just not breaking up with them and instead continuously messaging and, and basically dating each other online. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, <clears throat> that Moving point on. aside, we move past that. This is something I, 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 Gabe and I, Gabe, our producer, and I have talked about a lot. And he, he gets very mad at the fact that Tom Hanks ends up with Meg Ryan at the end of this movie. Oh. Yes. And so I'm, uh, what, uh, uh, so here's my experience. Here, here's my perspective of this, right? When you're, when you watch this movie beginning to end, I, uh, first of all, I cry all the time, but I specifically cry at the end. When they're like, I I was hoping it was you, and you know, and 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 the dog is there, and it's this beautiful thing, and they're finally okay. together, and you're like, yay! But because you're following these characters, and while you go through the film, you understand both of them, and kind of everything that you said, how Tom Hanks leaves clues and this and that, and even though he's kind of manipulative, you kind of feel for him. Like when I watched this. I felt for him, and I really did, and I felt for Meg, too, and all of this, and I still rooted for them at the end. But when you actually take a step back and you, like, wait a few hours and then reflect (laughs) on the movie, you're like, all right, so here's what happened. Tom Hanks blatantly put Meg Ryan's business out of business, and and, uh, her life is basically ruined because of it. Yeah. Although she somehow can afford everything. And she does mention how she gets a lot of job offers. But this was her passion and this was her memory. This is her connection to her dead mother. Yeah. And he was ruthless. Mm-hmm. And he stripped that away from her. She had to close and we continued moving on. And all he does is be stuck in an elevator with his horrible girlfriend. And he realizes that, like, wow, she really does suck. I <laughs> don't want to end up like my father and my grandfather. I want to be actually in love, and the only person that I felt that connection to is Meg Ryan, but she doesn't know it. She actually hates me because I ruined her life, and so yeah. I guess I'm just going to try to be a better person and really try to make it up to her. And so he tries to make it up to her, and while he does that, he plays a nice little game, which is entertaining for us as the audience, but as and for Meg, because Meg does actually like him, but... It's still manipulative, very manipulative things Mm -hmm. that he does. And so, uh, you know, isn't that, like, funny that, like, we still root for them even though we can, like, see kind of, like, they they don't really, they don't really get along that well. I don't know. It's just, like, it's a weird combination. You know what I mean? Like, they get along great. That's not what I mean. But I... Please, I just take it. I don't don't know. I mean, I definitely agree. I do think, like, if there was one sour taste in my mouth when I finished the movie, besides the fact that the ending is a little too, like, you know, it's cheesy for me. Like, I like cheesy stuff. It is, is though, right? Oh, my God. The flowers. It's a little too much. It's a little too much. Like, Meg, why did you, why did Meg Ryan want it to be him? I don't, that's the thing. Like, again, that goes back to my theory. Like, he must have known. (laughs) 
but but that's the thing like she must have known like otherwise like it would just be like I don't know. I don't. I like. I, I can see it. I can see wishful thinking like that. Like you start liking somebody and you hope that they're the person who's like it's been leaving you secret notes. Like you're like, oh my god, I hope right. it's the person. Like I get it because that means that she did start liking him when they actually started hanging out. Because in the end, their real personalities actually had a lot in common with each other. They just had this front up that hated each other, and you know the situation made them hate each other even more. But their right. real personalities, you know, like, you know, the person who they are and will be for, like, the next 10 years, that person, you know, those two people were compatible. So I can understand that. But, the, the, you know, the real sour taste in my mouth is just the fact that we never get to see what happens to her professionally. Yes. When it's a movie and, that is so tightly, you know, tied and, around and the like, fact of her professional life and how exactly. much it matters to her. And he's rich as hell. Why can't mm-hmm. he give her... Why couldn't he help save her bookstore? I've if he wondered. actually loved her, give her the money to bring back her store or, or save it before mm-hmm. it died. Like... Yeah. When his girlfriend... I, like, these are, these are the redemption qualities that could have made this better than a mediocre rom-com. Yeah. Like... Yeah. <laughs> I, when you look up this film, it's... It, I think it's a 6.6 or 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Any review that you say that I've seen is just says it's mediocre. Because, like, we, as much it's as mediocre. we feel for these characters, having them get together at the end doesn't make sense, like, professionally speaking, at least. No, she, like, she literally put her... After... Here's the thing. After she said to him... Yeah. Losing this is like reliving my mother's death. And oh he my still God. didn't try to help out. Like, I really legit, I hadn't seen this movie in a while. So when the Tom Hanks, like, you know, ex-girlfriend or girlfriend at the time in the film says, like, yeah, everybody's talking about Kathleen. Like, everybody's just talking about Kathleen and her situation and her business and she's on TV and blah, 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 you know, all that stuff. I thought that that was going to be the moment when Tom Hanks' character, you know, Joe Fox... It's going to be like, oh, my God, I should do something to try and save this place. I really should, like, try. Or, you know, when she went to the when when she went to, like, the Fox library, I thought that he was going to be like, maybe you should open like, you know, like the shop around the corner should be like part of the Joe Fox thing. But it's under us. But you still keep it like literally any basic thing that you could do when you have such an amount of money and are in the same (laughs) business as the woman you claim to love. Right, and you can see how passionate she like. That's another scene that kind of hurts. Is he him hearing her talk about books and like cry about books, and just like being like rushing it off? Yeah, just like I don't. It it does. It it is like again. Sour taste is the fact that professionally we never get to see what happens to Meg Ryan, and we never address the emotional and you know economic turmoil that this man puts her through. For no reason. Like, you know, it's just, it yep. literally is like, it's just business. And it's like, okay, but you know this woman now. Like, you've officially made it not just business. <laughs> like, I'm exactly. sorry. No, that's that's my problem with it. And uh, I don't know why you were kind of going on that rant. I really felt like, like, I, I don't want to say this because it's Nora and, and, <sighs> and Delia. Like, it's women. It's women who wrote this. But why is it that the, the main, our, our protagonist woman has to be only okay with getting the man at the end. Yeah. Why? Yeah. (laughs) It's frustrating. And again, 
it just it's even more frustrating because of what you mentioned a minute ago like so many things could have been done to make it a better than mediocre movie yeah and the issue is that the film like the first i would go as far as to say that the first half of the film is a very strong film it is it's really strong because again another thing is that it it gives me something that I get, that I always feel like Sleepless in Seattle doesn't give me, which is a character that I can actually feel for because she has a personality other than a guy. <laughs> okay, like, I'm yeah, sorry, that but makes sleep, sense. That yeah, makes but sense. like, that's the thing. Like, I love that when we get to meet Kathleen, it isn't about her finding love, it isn't about her with her boyfriend. Ka- like, Kathleen is about, like, yeah, when you, the first time we see her, it's with her boyfriend, but it's a little more about you know, what she does. Like, at the end of the day, despite this man that she talks to on the internet, despite her very snobby boyfriend, like, her core, the core of the character is the library, you know, is Bookshop Around the Corner, is her mom, and is her desire to follow in those footsteps and keep, like, you know, bringing joy and literature and, you know, happiness to the people of the neighborhood the way her mom did. And then just, like, the way that we just brush that off in, like, the third and yeah, mid of second like, act of the movie her, is, like... We see this beautiful flashback when she's turning off the uh, lights for the last time in her empty store. And it's her and her mom mm-hmm. dancing from when she was a kid. Yeah. This emotional mm-hmm. scene that everyone cries to. Yep. <laughs> and then that's it. We never think of it again. And then when we see Meg Ryan again, she has a cold and she's like, don't worry, I have job job offers all over the place. I'm doing fine. And I'm just like, are you are you doing fine? Because why don't we see your grief more? Why can yeah. you even speak to this man? I wouldn't be able to speak to him. Oh, my God, would I tell him? I mean, she does tell him off in the nothing but a suit monologue, but, yeah, which I, but I have watched a million times. But, but she feels bad about that. And when... Like, that's the issue, what you're mentioning is that, and again, like, that scene always feels a little, like, oh, either really natural or just not natural at all, because she's sick, this man just walks into her home, no permission, no he's allowance kind of, a of dick. like... like, she doesn't want him up there, and he yeah. says, I'm just gonna go up anyway. He continuously just, like, bulldozes mm-hmm. through her life, ruins yep. everything, and still is ha- somehow the hero at the end of the movie, and it pisses me off. And I'm like, yeah. you know, a feminist wrote this. I don't understand what happened. So. Was, no, was Nora Ephron, like, a fe- like did, she, did she say, like, yes, I am a feminist? Like, I I'm mean, just- I, I haven't heard her say those exact words, but according to everything else that I've, I've how I've heard her speak uh-huh. and her stories, she is definitely a uh, pro-women in every area. Mm, okay. That makes sense. I don't know. But she was a, jur- a female journalist, and so, you know, she she really... In the 70s? Ooh. So, uh, she Tough had times. to go through some shit, definitely. Yeah. Was a woman everywhere she went, and, um... Say yeah. further, it doesn't make sense, because it's like... I, it doesn't, though, right? Like, I don't I don't yeah. really get why we have this, but It's like this woman's do. entire career, her entire life, her entire childhood, out the window... Yep. Because of this huge corporation and this dick of a guy who could have just as easily told his rich dad, just like, let's leave this shop, you know, let's leave it. Let's open on the east side, for Christ's sake. Like, yeah, wh- like, why that don't been a we huge just move to gesture. the other neighborhood up there, uptown? Or just Christ. say, like, we'll buy her out or something and, you know, she'll still have full control. Yeah, we'll just make sure that she doesn't go out like of business that. or some shit like that. Or just, like, some appreciation somewhere about the fact that this woman knows, 
like because that's the thing you can tell that it isn't just like a family business that got passed down to her and she's like oh maybe i'll find my new passion my yeah new no, passion. no no, like, no. She, this is this is it this so. is her life she loves books she adores books and it doesn't make any sense that we don't get to see more remorse more resentment towards this man who just like because okay see oh my god i was about to talk about pride and prejudice but you haven't seen it it's a good example wrap it up though. malu Tie it with a bow. I mean, I I can't because then I'll spoil Pride and Prejudice for you. Oh, no, yeah, don't do that. But but point is, it's one of those things where there was an opportunity for the character, for the main male character in this case, who was a dick. To get on his knees and fucking beg. <laughs> Not even that, to just, like, do an active thing that wasn't self, so like, yeah. that wasn't for himself, you know? Because yep, the manipulation, yep. the emailing, the becoming her friend... It is for both of them because they end up together, but like it's like you know it's for himself. It's to make himself a better person for her. Blah blah blah. You know, but at the core of it is it's for him. You know, yeah. Doing this for her would have been the selfless love, romantic gesture that could have been like, would've oh been. my god, like of course he he really does care about her because he understands what she cares about. Instead, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, he goes with her to the fruit market, and then he, like, Makes funny bumps jokes. into her. Yeah, and he uh-huh. bumps into her everywhere, and she's like... <laughs> Look how likable I am as a human being! Yeah, which, by <sighs> the way, is also very sketchy, because, like, he was just getting intel without letting her know that he was getting intel. So it's like, what? Why are you doing that? How are you doing yeah. that? How are you not... How do you not feel bad? Like, I got out of the beginning when he sees her at the restaurant... And he doesn't know what to do. Like, I understood it then. But mm-hmm. when he fully resolves himself to, like, I'm going to fall in love with this woman and we're going to be together, it didn't it didn't make full sense as much as it did before. Before it was like, oh, I get why he's not telling her. And then by that point, it's like, oh, so you want to be, like, in a relationship with her and you're starting with dishonesty. Good. Good, You want to know what's funny? Right. I, uh, when I was at work a while ago, I was, like, looking up, like, a lot of just, like, uh, everything that I could about this movie, and um, I found, like, these little blogs and stuff, and people saying, like, you know what, fuck Joe Fox, like, you know what, you know what happened to him? Amazon fucking destroyed him. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, take that. If you beat Meg Myron out, Amazon beats you out, and we're all happy <laughs> about it. I found, like, multiple blog posts such articles, like, opinion articles that said that in the mm-hmm. movie, and I, I laughed to myself. I'm like, you guys are taking this a little too seriously, but you're right. You're right. gonna be you're not wrong in your argument. Yeah. So also, it's just um, like such a downer from a narrative point of view. Like building an underdog, making an underdog that is insanely unlikable, because there's not a thing that isn't likable about Shop Around the Corner. Shop Around the Corner has every single quality of I an still underdog. Have to see it. I'm... What? No 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 ba- no no no, oh. baby girl. I'm talking about like her shop. Like oh, Kathleen's, oh, 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 Meg Ryan's shop. shop. Oh, I was like, oh, yeah, because okay, that's well, the name of it. Just, it's that and that's, good? that's that's the underdog of the film. You know, yeah. like it presented by Kathleen, but like at the end of the day, it's independent stores versus corporation stores. And like you build a super likable character, especially in a city like New York, where like, you know, they really value having things that are, you know, old to the city, been there for a long time part of the neighborhood pretty much like you know there is a that value for that type of like almost historical things right right to build an amazing underdog that's so sweet so quaint it stands for so many good things and to just have like 
you know, the the bad the bad wolf of the film, the mm-hmm. big bad, the corporate America of <laughs> just, you know, putting independent stores out of business, bulldoze over that and never mention the fact that like in this case, corporate America won. <laughs> And just never talk about it. Like, it's the only time I feel like the only character that held Joe Fox accountable for his actions, and I hate that I'm saying this, was his girlfriend. The annoying, self-centered, bad girlfriend. And she's not, like, that bad, but she's very self-centered. No, she's pretty bad. Yeah. She's the only character that literally goes, and she says it in a bad context, but, you know, she goes, like, I sometimes feel like you just disassociate from the fact, you know, the role that you played in putting her out of business yes. and, you know, taking all those jobs from all those people. Which, to that point, I was like, yes, you're correct. He did do that. And he is disassociated from the fact that he just caused people to lose their jobs without even fucking breaking a sweat. Thinking about it, yeah. Yeah. And then, but then she says, she ruins it completely. Because she goes, that reminds, I really, that's one of the things I like the most about you. It reminds me of somebody. Yeah. No, oh, but me. It's, it's perfect then. Because then <laughs> I like, uh, at least Tom Hanks really has a realization that he's a shitty person. And then, yeah. He realizes that he's with a shitty person, so he's like, let me clean all this up. Yeah, I I, I, I guess. It's just... <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts? Any final thoughts? My grind looks really nice in short hair. She does. She fucking kills yeah. it. Beautiful And Joe woman. Fox had a cute dog. Joe oh Fox my god, I know. I love the dog. dog. Was oh, it also? Bentley? Right? Hmm? Bentley? Beckle- Is that his name? I forget. I think it's Bentley. It but I, think, I feel like there was a K somewhere. Brinkley. Brinkley. That's it. Yes. yes. Brinkley. Much like in my last, yeah, much like in the last episode, I said that I would like a movie that is exclusively of Sam and his son for Sleepless in Seattle. Are we talking about the dog now? <laughs> no, 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 no. In this oh. case, I would exclusively like a movie of a Kathleen and her mom. I would love having yeah. the mom as a character. So if that ever Oh my could God, happen, wait, Mal, let's it. write one. What are we doing? Hell yeah, let's do it. We and that's my final comment. Rights. I just wanted to make sure that I drew that parallel. For everybody to know that if there was a heart to this film, it was that story of the daughter and the mother. I agree. <laughs> this time, I agree. What about you, Katie? Any any final thoughts? No, I don't think so. I think we, we nailed it on the head really well. I felt that. I kind of complained sense. a lot of the time, but I love this movie, so I don't really care. Yeah, it this still makes my heart happy. We do love it. Yeah, I still love it. All my, it's still great. I'm trying to wait. Wait, wait, wait. I, I have to end on why it's great. I can't just say it's great. Um, <laughs> as a writer, I need to it's say great. why Bye, it's guys. great. It's great because uh, I think Nora sets up the story and establishes the characters so well. And in the last episode, I included a nice little uh, quote by Nora on how she tried... It was technically about Sleepless in Seattle, but she does this with all of her writing. And she, uh, with every character, no matter how minor the character is, she tries to... I don't know. She, she just puts an entire backstory or meaning behind them and, and everything to say. Like, they're very full. They're very full. Uh, yeah. They're real human beings. They're not just side characters to help our main characters who are truly developed. And so I think she did a great job with that as well because no matter how minor the role was, even uh, the Dave Chappelle character, like, mm-hmm. we kind of, we got him. We understood him. We understood yeah. Tom Hanks's family. We understood the kids. We understood <laughs> Meg Ryan's people. Like, it was great. Oh my God! The side story with the stepmom, the woman, the woman who, the older woman who's oh, in the Birdie, shop with her. Oh, Birdie, who like yeah. married, like who she was like in love, love with, with the... a dictator. Yeah, that yeah, that's hilarious. So amazing. Yeah, it's 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 things like that. I think Nora does a great job with, or I should say, Delia as well, the, the co-writing it. But um, yeah, yeah, I thought that the story was set up very well too, from the first five to ten minutes 
Um, yeah. They set it up exactly as you understand. You're, you're in the first five minutes, you understand that what this whole story is going to be. And so that's uh, great. Definitely agree with all of those words. Woo! Okay, Katie, if that's final comments. Hell yeah, that is. You know what that means. Oh, yeah. Take me to the game channel, baby. To the game. To the game. Wow. I still have no scrubs stuck in my head. By the way, this whole time I've been thinking about it. Did I not say the correct words? No, you did not. I don't want no scrub. A scrub is a guy who can't get no love from me. Is that not it? I'm gonna look it up right now. I'm I'm pretty sure that's it, but I was thinking you skipped a few words. Like, maybe you can replay what Katie did. (laughs) I don't want no scrub. Scrub is a guy who ain't getting no love from me. Hold on, I said, I don't want no scrub. Uh, this isn't me reading. This is me what I, saying what I said. I don't want no scrub. A scrub is a guy who can't get no love from me. That's what I said. So okay, let me I'm see. I'm pretty real sure quick, like, it's quick, similar, quick. but it's not that. I don't want no, I don't want no scrub. A scrub I'm looking it up. Hold on. Ain't no love from me. Isn't gonna get ain't no this love from me. This doesn't seem like this right. No, this isn't creep. Stop coming up why as creep. Why are you creep? No, I don't know why it keeps coming up, because Google's no, stupid. Creep. A scrub hey. is a guy that thinks he's fly. God, I love the song. So it goes, I don't want your number. I don't no. want to get you. Okay, I don't want no scrub. A scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me. Fuck off, Malu. I'm no, older like, than you. No, but that's still not what you this. said, Katie. Like, you what? still, like, silenced a few words and just, like, left a blank spot when you said, like, again... Gabe, no, I didn't. I say I sang that. I just mumbled it because I was going into Baby. I was I was going into my share impression of the song because oh, that's what okay. I do when I get nervous Gabe, when I'm singing. Gabe, just play back what she did so she can see her mistakes. I don't want no scrub. Scrub is a guy who ain't getting no love from me. I didn't have a mistake. That's exactly what I did. Speaking of mistakes, time for the game. Now I literally said. Fuck off. You know what? I know what I did. And I literally just sang it again before this, too, so it's okay. fine. Going on to the game. Going on to the game. In light of this week's movie's theme, which I've chosen to be books and libraries. <laughs> which, out of everything I've chosen, is books. <laughs> out of everything in the movie, all I got was books. And dogs. <laughs> books and dogs. And that was it, guys. So I'm going to be testing Katie on some unusual libraries around the world. Love so, that. Katie. Yes. First up, there is a library somewhere around the world that okay. goes on an animal. All right. But which animal is it? It's weird. Okay. Yeah. Is it a library on a donkey? Is it a library on an elephant? <laughs> or, last but most certainly not least, is it a library on a dolphin? All right, so here's the thing. <laughs> okay. First of all, all of this is animal abuse, and I don't agree with it. Oh. Second of all, I don't know why a dolphin would be in here, because a dolphin is in water, and there can't be books in water. Okay, Katie, there are such things as, like, packs where you can stuff things and they won't get wet. That is how people do it at sea. That seems tough, though, for books, you know? How do you think people in the world You can't have, like, one drop books. of water in that. How do you think people so here's in the, the middle thing, of the here's the thing, here's the thing. 
I don't understand why you would come up with dolphin. No reason. Absolutely no reason. No, see, but now you're psyching me out. <laughs> <laughs> you I really no want to win. To answer. I, I just need this win. Uh, because it doesn't make any sense to me on why there would be a dolphin. And the other <laughs> two make perfect sense because they actually have carried things. And I can picture both of that happening. Specifically, I guess, the donkey. But I, I kind of have to go with dolphin because I don't understand why you would make that up. <laughs> I want to be this really upset. fucking insane. That's why. Because I thought it would be fucking hilarious to think of a dolphin carrying books. Of I course it's you. not Why dolphins. Why psych me out they like that? They are so slippery. Okay, I You're don't such an asshole. Why would you psych me out like that? Because that's my role as Game Master. No, it's the not. Real it's not your role. The God. Real, it's a, wait, 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 wait. Can I guess the realistic one here? I would oh say... Oh my God, fine, I guess. Okay. You're not getting points, but guess. No, it's fucking... Fuck you. It's fine. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Um, hmm, you can fit more on an elephant. <laughs> I'm gonna say an elephant. <laughs> I love that route of thinking. You can fit more on an elephant. <laughs> like you completely disregard every like. What if? What if this happens in a country where there's no elephants? You've already answered, and it's not elephant. It is donkey. It is donkey. And it's because that one country... makes the most realistic sense. But I'm just yeah. saying you could fit more. I'll, I would just like to go back to my first comment, which was <laughs> I disagree with all of this, and this is animal abuse. Well, poor donkeys. They really get the shit end of the stick throughout the entirety of history. I mean, there are like animals that carry shit. Like that is what it we've makes me sad. Per- anyways. Okay, yeah, but kitties, like that's what they do. They need a purpose. I know, I know, and they like the purpose. I'm just saying. Yeah, I that feel is bad. like a, I, I want to give them a break. Deal. I mean, like, they get me a break when they, look. like, you know, get their food and their water. And if they have good owners, then I'm sure they'll have a good life as, Yeah, you know, I animals. just don't trust people, Malu. It's it's one of my... It's 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 not a great quality of mine. Well, you should trust this person. I mean, it's not like a single person. Many people have done it. But okay. in Colombia, donkeys okay. are sometimes used to do this thing called a biblioburro, which is a li- biblioteca. That's library in Spanish. Burro is donkey in Spanish. It's essentially this little, like, you know, one person with the donkey will take their donkey, put a little saddle on them with books on both sides, and then they'll ride along to communities where they don't have access to books and take books for the children, especially usually for the children, but I guess also for, like, the adults. Um, Yeah, so they can have access to reading, and then, you know, they'll come back and forth with books and stuff like that. It's very nice. I'm just really mad that I didn't answer that because when when you first said it, I was like, it's definitely donkey. But why would dolphin uh, be on the list? I am my worst enemy all the time. It's oh literally on the list because I felt like what's the most ridiculous animal to carry books? So and I just thought dolphin would be fucking hilarious. And then you like tried to like. Because I thought about it, I was like, it's ridiculous, and I feel like maybe and she'll ask me for logic. And my dumb listen to you as if that fucking exists, and I'm like, no, Mally, there's no way that <laughs> who carries books d- yeah. under the sea okay mm-hmm. i mean Ariel somebody has to i'm sure they do it read. somehow but not with dolphins also bonus there's also camels who carry books but i don't know that why they do sense. it because i didn't do and much research two, on that one the two animals i would carry mm-hmm. okay next next question next question number two God, this is a vehicular library now this vehicle doesn't have to be up and running it's just a vehicle i'm giving okay. you already a good you know way to start so, is it a broken plane? That is it cool. 
a shark-bitten submarine? Or is it an old Ford Falcon remodeled? A Ford Falcon is a car. I didn't know that until I researched this. Those first two are so cool. I would love to go to either one of those. I don't really care about an old Ford Falcon. A broken that's plane. a car, right? That sounds yes. stupid, but that's that Ford only makes cars. Remodeled, mind you. Okay, it's a car. Um, <laughs> I don't really care about cars, so I really hope that's that's the most boring answer, and so I really hope that's not it. Uh, um, oh wow, those first were so fun. I'm just gonna have fun. Um, Here you go, answer. Wow, I don't really think a, a shark could fight a submarine. Uh, the broken plane. <laughs> that's that's it. That's what you're going with? Yeah. Well, you're actually incorrect. Wow. It is indeed the old Ford Falcon remodeled. That's really disappointing because that is way no, no, no. less but cool than the no, others. Here's a twist. It's actually pretty cool. This one is in Argentina. And these are cars that used to be used by... Um, used to be used. I feel like that has to be wrong. By the oppressive military, I believe. Okay. Um, and like the oppressive like government officials. I have no idea what time stamp this is. I'm really sorry for people from Argentina or for people who know what I'm talking about. Point is, the old Ford Falcon was a car that, you know, the military and the government officials would usually use, especially the military when they were checking on people like around the streets. So it kind of became known as a car that went hand in hand with the idea of the military, I guess. And then an artist remodeled an old Ford Falcon. And by remodeled, I mean that they turned it actually into a model of a war tank with, like, the, the car as the base. Wow. And then they filled it up with books. And now it's called... It has a really nice, nice name. I'm sorry I didn't write it down. Um, but it's about, like, you know, using knowledge as, like, a weapon, I guess. That's so it? cool. It's wow. very it's very very cool. Yeah, see that's I the like thing. Like that. I didn't I feel like if I gave the whole description you would know right away cuz it's such a cool answer. Um yeah. it's called Weapon of Mass Destruction. Oh, and this was a dark time in Argentina's history. It was driven by the army as well as the secret police and anti-communist death squads during the country's military junta dictatorship. Doesn't say a year for the dictatorship. Well, that's what happened. It was driven by the military at that time. And the artist's name is Raul, Raul Lemo, Lemosov. Lemosov. That is really, really cool. Yeah. And he took the car and he turned it into a thingy. And now it's remodeled and it's called Arma de Destrucción Masiva, otherwise known as Weapon of Mass Destruction. Very neat. Yeah. Super neat. And now the last right. one which is not quite as like crazy but i did like it because of like the reasoning behind it is there's a library specifically showcases one feature of books is it the open book like you know the inside of the book the pages okay and by you know showcases i mean like every book is featured right. for you to see this part yeah that makes sense yeah is it the inside of the book is it the back, so you can't see the title and you can only see, you know, like the little back description, or the covers? Mm, all cool answers. I'm already zero for two, so uh, I don't really <laughs> care about this one. Um, 
<laughs> so I don't care about this one. Nothing much can change. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine walking into a like a library though. That's like all the books are open, and you're like you're not allowed to turn the page. You can only read what's on the page. That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? That would be really cool because then you have to just go by the writing. That's I mean, yeah, but neat. you could also like majorly spoil something by accident. Yeah. You start um, reading and you're like, ah. The back with no title seems good because it's like a. Uh, uh, don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna go with- I'm gonna go with that one. Cause why not? Okay. Um, well you're incorrect. That's fan-fucking-tastic, so, <laughs> great. I'm, That's I'm not glad. weird. Zero for three, I'm on a roll. Yeah! That was so, good. I'm, the actual answer myself. is the covers. That's so boring! I no, already no, do no, that. <laughs> not time to hear the reasoning behind it. Okay. So, it's a library in Japan, and it was built in 2005, and the reason why they did it like this is because the architect was pretty much allowed to, like, do anything with the design, but the only thing that they told him was, like, kids have to love it. Like, you know, it has to be something that attracts kids very easily, and then they gave him one condition. He had to make sure that all the book covers were highly visible. <laughs> and so what he did was that he essentially just did this huge building with, like just holes <laughs> like little square holes and there's just books everywhere like i'll show i'll show katie a picture through this like oh, that's wow. the library yeah that's like really that's the thing cool. it sounds boring when you hear about it oh no but when that you looks think really and see cool, the picture though. like if you guys can look it up it's called the picture picture book library in iwaki city japan hopefully i didn't mispronounce that but yeah picture book library in japan it's honestly a very interesting thing to look at and to think of like how it works as a library. And yeah, it's very interesting to me when I saw it. More interesting though is the fact that last week Katie had three for three and this week she's back in the slumps. Zero <laughs> out of three. I had my week of stardom. Now I must humble myself again. <laughs> <laughs> I must remember where I come from. Remember where I <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm really bummed, actually. So I'm sure you'll do great in the next one. Thanks. This You're this welcome. one this one kind of hurt, but that's I'm fine. Sorry. I have to. I don't know why am I. Can someone please leave a comment on why Katie is so bad at games? I don't, I don't know. know. I think why. it's because you let me do them. I think it's because you let me do the games. <laughs> You're, yeah, you do love games, but I'm sure people, anyone who listens to the end and and does like go through the games with us, has to do better than me. Oh, There's yeah. no 100%. way. There's no way. And I have if no not, factual way of if you do as, it, but yes. If you guys do as bad as me, then uh, DM me. Let's be friends. <laughs> <laughs> you can form your own support group. Yeah. <laughs> Games against Malu support group. <laughs> how to lose the game in every single episode. <laughs> All right, thanks. No, we already know how to do that. Why would we talk about it? <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Please tune in next week mm. for When Harry Met Sally. Hell the yeah. best of the best. I'm so excited for this. I oh my, I say that about all of these, but <laughs> this one is truly the most through and through well-written rom-com ever to exist. So please watch it. Tune in next week for us to analyze it, chat about it, Hell go yeah. through the and waves. In the meantime... Go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Tell us what you think about us. Leave us some little stars so we see how yeah. much you hate us or how much you love us. Either one. Publicity is publicity. Hell yeah. And last but certainly not least, go check out our Instagram account, 
go over there, add Film School Professionals, leave us some likes. If there was a dislike button, I would urge you to press it, but yes. there is none. So just press the like button and maybe they don't like the picture. I don't care. Yeah, okay. Why not? <laughs> and I'm going to be an unpaid sponsor and tell you all to go check out Citizen Queen and go watch Evolution Woo. of Girl Groups because it it hyped us up. Malu and I watched yeah. it before recording this episode. We watched it together and we, I was just like, uh, you need to feel like... That that video just bleeds feminine power, and it's and it hot, did. and it's great, and I mm-hmm. just feel like I'm going to go kick ass as a woman, you know? Yeah. Kick yeah. ass at 10 p.m. Whoa. Hell yeah. I'm going to kick ass in bed. Ooh. I'm going to bed. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Very nice. I love that All right. for you. Thank you, everybody. We will see you next Wednesday. Gabe, can you take us out with some uh, TLC, please? Hell Thank yeah. Thank you. Incredible. One of the worst performances of my career, and they never doubted it for a second. Oh, this has taken a weird turn, but yep. thank you for the Spanish. <laughs> I'm sorry you guys had to listen to more than 20 minutes. <laughs> Top Gallant Radio, brought to you by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabe Mara.